Welcome to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. Here's today's moderator, Rich Brady. Welcome, and thanks for joining us again. I'm Rich Brady, CEO at the American Society of Military Comptrollers, and your host on The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. ASMC is a nonprofit professional association committed to promoting education, training, and certification of the defense financial management workforce, driving financial transformation in the defense sector, and upholding the highest professional and ethical standards. My guest today is Ryan Wagspack, president and founder of Iberia Advisory. Iberia Advisory is a service-disabled, veteran-owned small business that provides change management, data analytics, financial management, and audit support to federal clients. A relatively new firm in the federal financial management sector, having started during the COVID pandemic, Iberia's goal is to help their customers elevate their organization into one that is greater than the sum of the parts, one that uses all available resources efficiently and manages its programs effectively. I'm excited to have Ryan on the show today as we talk about the experiences, opportunities, and challenges of an early stage startup in the GovCon space. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rich. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. So usually when we start uh, on the show here, we like to talk about the origins of, uh, of a company. And uh, a lot of times we go back 10, 20, 30 <laughs> years. Not quite the case uh, with uh, Iberia Advisory. So can you tell us a little bit about the origins of Iberia and how it got started? Absolutely. So the origins of Iberia and really my decision to found Iberia can be traced back to the influence that my late father had on me. Um, growing up, he always pushed me to think and act with an entrepreneurial mindset. In fact, the name of the company is a small tribute to him. Uh, he was born in New Iberia, Louisiana, which is where the name Iberia Advisory comes from. Um, now, growing up in Louisiana, I didn't, I didn't grow up in a military family, um, and so I, I didn't have any exposure to you know, this federal consulting industry. And I wasn't, I wasn't introduced to this industry until after I left active duty and started with a big four accounting firm. And it was there where I had a chance to work side by side with customers um, help them, you know, provide recommendations to help them solve some of their financial management challenges. Um, it also gave me the chance to combine my experience in the military with my passion for business. So bottom line is I loved it. And I realized that this was an industry that I wanted to make a career out of, that I wanted to start a firm um, in one day. And so when I left the big four accounting firm, um, I supported and worked for two small businesses. Uh, the second of which was probably the most valuable experience. I, I started as employee number eight and rose to be the vice president. Um, but it also taught me the dedication and the determination that's required to be successful in this industry. And you know, more importantly and more relevant to today's discussion, in 2017, I led this company's efforts to secure their first prime contract within the Department of the Navy. And fast forward five years when this contract came up for recompete, this was the same, this is one of the two prime contracts that Iberia was able to launch with in January 2022. So, Sitting here with you today, 15 months later, um, you know, we've had a chance to and been very fortunate to be able to grow our footprint, not only within the Department of the Navy, but also as a subcontractor on a DSC engagement. And we've also spent a considerable amount of time uh, focused on our back office, ensuring that we've got a scalable back office infrastructure um, to enable and to support our company's future growth. And you know, so, Rich, at the end of the day, I, I couldn't be prouder of what our team's been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. Um, but like I remind them every day, just like anything in life, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And while we have enjoyed some early success, uh, we have to remain humble and we have to remain hungry because for us, for Iberia, the journey is just beginning. So, you know, a lot of times I say starting a business uh, in this space uh, takes a 
bit of a leap of faith, right? Uh, but starting a business during the COVID pandemic <laughs> is a, something uh, in a whole different realm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, maybe some of the challenges of starting up at that time and uh, what you learned from that? Right, I don't like to like, make things easy for myself. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think for me, uh, COVID, and I think like many others, COVID was a time for me to reflect and reflect on what was truly important to me. I, I mentioned in the beginning, um, starting a firm was always something that was a dream of mine. Uh, my father had always encouraged me to think this way and, and think with an entrepreneurial mindset. And so um, for me, I, I knew what I wanted and there, there's never gonna be a perfect time, but when this contract that you know, I helped shape and bring to the previous company came up for Recompete, it was about as good a time as any. And, uh, and, and uh, sure, we had, we had concerns and we had, uh, there were certainly risks. Um, but I always, in my mind, I always play back some of the great advice that I received from a mentor uh, when I was in the military. And he would always tell me, you know, Ryan, one can't predict, one can only prepare. And so all we could do was make sure that we, we were prepared to go to market, we were prepared to launch, and, uh, and so far we've been successful. Does that uh, kind of define your uh, how you approach risks? I mean, because obviously, what, what starting a company takes on a lot of risks. Starting during the COVID pandemic takes a lot of uh, you're taking on a lot of risk. Uh, you know, does that experience in the military help uh, drive your thinking about risk and your preparation for uh, addressing potential contingencies? It absolutely does, um, because you know, like I mentioned, going back to that that advice that I received, really all I can do is strengthen your processes, strengthen your organization internally. That's the best way to prepare for things that are on the horizon and things like, like COVID that no one can predict. Right. And so, you know, we focus on what we can control um, and strengthen our process today. We oftentimes will have after action reports. I know that was a term in the military um, or leverage lessons learned um, to figure out where do, where do we fall short and how can we do better? And we're constantly doing that. And so I think for us, uh, that's helped us mitigate risk thus far. Can you talk a little bit about how you've grown over the past uh, few years? Uh, you know, number of employees, revenues, what type of growth are you currently seeing? Sure, so, um, so we went from zero to, uh, to 20, right at 20, um, and, and by the end of this year, we might be um, 25 or 30 if some, uh, some opportunities come through. Um, our first year, uh, from a revenue perspective, uh, three million, and we're probably looking around mm, three and a half, four million this year. So. Again, couldn't be prouder, but we, like, like I said in the beginning, we have to remain humble and we have to remain hungry because you can't take anything for granted in this industry. Now, as far as uh, backing, uh, any PE backing, VC backing, or is this all on Ryan? No, all, all on Ryan, all on, uh, um, yeah, all, all on Ryan, um, especially from the beginning. It, it's a shame that we, you know, we got out in front of things and we applied for small business loans, but um, at the time when we did launch and the contracts came through, we didn't have that funding. So it, it, it truly was, me tapping into savings, me tapping into um, you know, lines of credit with, uh, with the bank. So, um, yeah. Really bootstrapping the organization. Absolutely. But look, if you believe in something um, that you want to do, I, I, you know, I say do it. And um, we're always going to make big bets and big bets on ourselves. I mean, we are confident in the capabilities that we provide and what we bring to the market. Now, uh, as we mentioned in the opening, you're a service-disabled veteran-owned small business. And I think you might be the first uh, service-disabled yeah. veteran-owned uh, small business that we've had on, guests we've had on the show. Can you talk a little bit about what that means and what some of the advantages uh, come with that? Sure. So, service-disabled veteran-owned small business, it, it's similar to women-owned small businesses where um, when you go to compete um, for contracts, it's a socioeconomic set-aside category, so the competition is often limited. And myself as a veteran, I have a service-connected 
uh, injury and disability. So that allows me to, um, and the company to qualify for that socioeconomic category. Now, how it's helped us grow, um, you know, we look at growth from a, a 10 year perspective. And so we're not as concerned in, in certainly we're gonna leverage this, uh, this set aside category now, but we're looking long term, 10 years out. Um, and for us, we wanna be positioned in a way that we can play in that mid-tier market space, which we know is an ambitious goal, but I, you know, we feel if we focus on the right things for us, uh, it's achievable. And, and for us, that's uh, one, being smart, being strategic about the IDIQs, or the large contract vehicles that um, we, we look to pursue. You know, we, want, we want those that will allow us to leverage our core capabilities. Um, and we've already begun taking action on that by um, we formed a joint venture to target specifically two IDIQs and large contract truck vehicles coming up. Um, the second area that we have to remain focused on is building that proposal engine and having that capability in-house. So when we are awarded these contract vehicles, we can respond to the requirements quickly. And again, we've already taken action on this by investing heavily in, in training our folks to have that in-house capability. And then lastly, just remaining focused on what we do best. And that's uh, delivering top talent to every engagement that we support um, and, and putting our customers first. So talk to us a little bit about uh, you know, what strategy development looks like for a small business, uh, for a startup. Uh, you know, they say there's kind of three schools of thought to, to strategy development. One is just kind of the emergent, uh, you know, uh, companies muddle along and as <laughs> opportunities present themselves, they, they seize them. And it's not necessarily a, a bad method. Uh, many businesses, maybe many small businesses do that. If you mm -hmm. think about the small corner store or a sure. gas station or something, that's just how they operate. Another school of thought is uh, more of kind of the ends, ways, means uh, thought, the goal-oriented. Uh, a lot of us in the military, who served in the military, are familiar with that, where you try to predict the future, you identify the goal out there, and you identify the ways and means of achieving it. And another one is uh, uh, kind of methodology, is it more of a process methodology to uh, strategy, where you're continually uh, observing the environment, looking a couple years out, uh, and adjusting as the environment changes. You know, where would you say you fall um, within kind of those schools of thought, or how are you approaching strategy development? Probably the latter and the, and the process-driven approach. You know, what we do is we leverage our core capabilities. And, you know, I should start by saying Iberia was founded with the mission of helping federal agencies tackle their most complex financial management challenges. And so for us, we bring to the table uh, a full range of financial management service offerings. And really you can bucketize those into five categories. It's audit response and remediation. It's internal controls and enterprise risk management it's budget planning and execution, it's data analytics and visualization, it's change management and strategic communications. Now, the last two certainly are standalone capabilities, but those also support really any work that we do. Now, I mention all those because um, those are capabilities, um, skill sets that are applicable across the federal space. So from a process um, perspective, um, we think we can leverage those to continue to build our footprint. So uh, one last question before we finish this first segment here. Uh, you get an opportunity to, to visit a potential client. What's your 30-second pitch? In these discussions, I really hit on two points. Um, the first being that Iberia can support and transform large-scale programs with small, agile teams in dynamic customer environments. Now, we've demonstrated that we can do this uh, within our support with the Department of the Navy. A great proof point is it was our team members' uh, support for the Don's Improper Payments Program, where we took it from a material weakness to where it is today, which is a good news story. Um, you know, the, second, the second area that I always hit on with these discussions is Iberia's corporate capabilities and our corporate maturity far exceeds our years in business. 
So I love talking to customers about um, the network of recruiters that we set up and our ability to bring top tier talent to engagements, our ability to surge up when required. Um, and also we, we love talking about our focus on quality from day one. Um, and again, we've demonstrated this by earning our ISO 9001-2015 certification in the first year. Um, now, this, this pitch, 30-second um, speech, will certainly evolve over time, um, but we certainly want to hit on that last piece around our corporate maturity, far exceeding our years in business, um, because you know, we want to get ahead of or out, out in front of any risk that potential customers may have working with a small business that's really only been in business for, for a year. You are listening to the Business of Defense with our guest, Ryan Wagspack from Iberia Advisory. We'll be right back. The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. Welcome back to the Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. I'm talking with Ryan Wagspeck, president and founder of Iberia Advisory. Iberia's core values of dedication, determination, and delivery have helped it grow at double-digit rates in a very short period of time, while also being recognized as one of the Washington Business Journal's best places to work and as a 2022 Moxie Award finalist for Boldness in Business. Ryan, you uh, previously mentioned that uh, you served in the military. You were uh, originally from uh, Louisiana, um, and uh, I don't think you were originally in the financial management space. Can you talk a little bit about your background, a little bit more? What did you do in the Navy? I was a surface warfare officer. So I spent uh, seven years active and then did a couple years in the reserves. All right. And then uh, you transitioned out, uh, came here to the D.C. area. You were here in the D.C. area, and you mentioned uh, you went to work for a big four I did. firm. I did. That was, that was my first job. And, and like I said, it, early, early into that first job with the big four accounting firm, I realized I loved this industry. And it, again, it was a perfect mix of you know, being able to leverage you know, my knowledge, experience from being in the military, but also my passion for business. So it just made sense to me. Do you, do you think that <clears> gives you, having that military background, a little bit of a better understanding or some uh, greater insight into your customers' needs when you go and talk to the Navy? Uh, I mean, obviously, there's the parts of it where you understand some of the lingo, the acronyms, and things like that. Uh, but is there something deeper than that? I, I, certainly. It certainly helps to be able to um, speak intelligently about the operational um, environment that you're in, always tying it back to you know, the sailors and, and the folks that are out in the field. Um, that certainly helps. But I think what, what I, I took from the military, which has been invaluable, which I'm sure you did as well, is the leadership um, uh, traits. And, and for me, um, you know, this has been something that um, I, I think has, has really helped us uh, grow. I, and I think it's, it's making sure that, um, you know, one, you lead with, you, you lead by example, right? And, uh, and for us, um, no one on our, on our leadership team, myself included, will ever ask a team member to do something that we're not willing to do. Um, it's about being open and transparent about our performance, um, both good and bad. You know, we have weekly team meetings where we will um, talk about successes from the week, but also where we fell short and how we can learn from that. And then the, you know, the third aspect that I, I, I picked up from the military was leaders always continue to learn. And leaders don't always have to be the smartest person in every room. So. That's why I love surrounding myself with mentors. Um, you know, I think if I, my, my strongest leadership trait, I think, is that I'm coachable. And I love surrounding myself with smart, ambitious people that 
um, that allow me to think differently and to push myself. Now, as you came into the industry, you clearly continued to learn. Uh, you really immersed yourself in finance and accounting, uh, a couple certifications, including ASMC's own Certified Defense Financial Manager certification. How important was that uh, you know, in, in learning the business uh, and gaining credibility in the business? Without a doubt. I mean, you know, from a, at, at the highest level, uh, the low-hanging fruit from a labor category perspective when you're staffing engagements, oftentimes those are requirements. Right. And, and so that, that helps. But just from a knowledge base, and if you truly you know, have a passion for financial management, um, you know, certifications like CDFM, it, there, there really aren't any, any better certifications to go and pursue. And so you know, that, that started kind of, that allowed me to go down a, a track of, of pursuing others like CGFM or eventually earning my CPA. Fantastic. And then you mentioned earlier, you talked a little bit about mentors and one of the quotes one of your mentors gave you. Yes. What other mentors have guided you and, and how does that help define the culture that you're trying to develop within Iberia? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, I have had mentors dating back to the military where it was picking their brain on the next orders to take or whether it was the right time to, to transition from active duty. Um, and that's carried forward into this industry. What's interesting, what's different is that the mentors that I have today are pure mentors. Right? It's, it's other folks that we work, work together with, and, and those are the ones that I leaned heavily on um, when I was looking to, to start Iberia and getting lessons learned from them. And you know, for Iberia specifically, it's already paid dividends. One of, one of my peer mentors we brought on as a senior advisor, and he's helping us think through um, our governance structure. You know, are we holding leadership accountable? Um, do we have the right diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives to attract and retain the right talent moving forward? So, again, I can't say enough about mentors and mentorship. Um, like I said, I think one of my biggest strengths is that I'm coachable, and that's why I love having mentors. Yeah, let's talk a little, a little bit, if we can, about the uh, kind of macroeconomic environment, what's going on uh, in this space. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions about the recession. There's still a lot of inflationary pressures, supply chain pressures, talent <clears throat> management pressures. You know, as a startup, uh, how are you navigating some of that? Is it uh, more difficult? Uh, do you find that maybe as a startup you're able to be more agile? Uh, what are your thoughts around that? We certainly are. And I, I think, um, I, I, you know, I always replay the advice that I get uh, or got from my mentors that one cannot predict, one can only prepare. Um, but we are you know, laser focused on what we do best. And um, also from, from uh, you know, from a, a landscape perspective, I think this is a, a positive time to be a small business, um, certainly within the Department of, of Defense. I mean, you see with the Secretary of Defense's small business strategy that was released in January 2023, they're thinking about some of these obstacles and barriers that small businesses face today. And they're trying to get out in front of it and, and remove those barriers. So you know, going back to us just focusing on what we do best, um, and I think our competitive advantage has been our culture and really building our culture around three pillars. And that's um, excellence in customer delivery, that's continuous development of our future leaders, and that's maintaining a day one mentality. And I'll kind of start at the top and explain what I mean by each. You know, excellence in, in customer delivery, we put our customers first in everything that we do. We measure our success based on their success. Um, our goal is to implement long-term sustainable solutions that will last long beyond when we leave an organization. You know, success to us is leaving an organization in a better position than we started working with them. The continuous development of our future leaders. Um, at Iberia, we recognize people are our greatest assets. So we try to instill leadership at all levels. And we do that through recruiting. Um, we look for individuals that share our passion for financial management, that have a bias for action, that have a bias for accountability, and that appreciate our delivery model, which is a best athlete approach. Meaning, we don't care if you've been with us for a few months or a few days, if you've got 
the right solution or an innovative idea for the customer, we're putting you in front of them. And lastly, with the maintaining a day one mentality, Rich, if I've learned anything over this past year, it's a competitive environment. You can't take anything for granted and nothing is going to be given to you. So we have to earn it every day with our current customers. We have to earn it every day with customers that we want to pursue. And we have to earn it um, through our relationships with our teaming partners. And what opportunities do you see out there? What uh, potential new customers, uh, new areas? You mentioned the kind of five areas you're working in right now. What areas are you looking to expand in uh, over the next uh, few years? From an organizational standpoint, uh, certainly the VA. Um, we also like opportunities um, within uh, DHS. Um, DHA is another um, organization that we've, uh, we've begun targeting. Um, so again, I think going back to our core capabilities, um, we can leverage those because they're applicable across the federal space. And so, you know, we are certainly positive about um, what the future looks like and, and our ability to grow. Now, as you continue to grow, uh, at a s some point in time, uh, you, know, you talked about having peer mentors helping you out. <clears throat> Have you given any thought about, uh, you know, a board of advisors or even a board of directors? At what point do you r reach the stage where you need to bring in uh, some, some senior leadership to assist, to advise you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I may have kind of alluded to it earlier that one of my peer mentors is someone that we brought on as our first senior advisor. And, and you know, to, to some, some folks, it might sound funny that, a, you know, a company, you know, that's 15 months old is bringing on a, a, a board of advisors. But to us, you know, we think it's critical because we don't have a view of where we're going to be next year. We have a view of where we want to be in 10 years. And, and as I mentioned before, that's positioning ourselves to compete in that mid-market, mid mid-tier space. And in order to do that, you have to think differently. You have to think, um, you know, larger for them, uh, you know, larger than where you are today. Yeah. So, what uh, for, for that senior advisor you brought in? What type of skills, abilities do they bring to the table that uh, that help assist you in scaling your business? Well, you know, he's been he's been a member of, of several boards in the past, and so that governance structure. Again, how do you hold myself? How do you hold the rest of the leadership team accountable? That's been critical. Now we're spoiled a bit in that. Um, before joining us as senior advisor, he also supported the Secretary of Defense as a senior advisor on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. So, um, of course, he has some really smart, creative, innovative ideas for us to think about, uh, to implement today and to implement in the future in order to, um, like I said, attract and retain um, the right talent moving forward. So let's say five years from now, we're sitting here again, we're sitting down uh, to talk about Iberia Advisory. Where are you five years from uh, right now? I think we're going very strongly down that path of being able to compete in, in five more years in that mid-tier space. So I, I think, um, um, again, fingers crossed, I think we're going to be, uh, we're going down the right path right now. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I'd like to thank today's guest, Ryan Wagspack, president and founder of Iberia Advisory, for his insights into Iberia's business origin, strategy, competition, and startup culture which are helping them carve a niche in the financial and digital transformation space for their federal clients. Watch the Business of Defense again next month, where we bring you inside the companies working to drive transformation in the defense sector to hear directly from their business leaders and understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. And join us in St. Louis from May 31st to June 2nd, where over 3,000 defense financial management professionals will come together for ASMC's annual Professional Development Institute and to celebrate our 75th anniversary in serving the profession. I am Rich Brady, CEO of the American Society of Military Comptrollers, and I thank you again for joining us. You are listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search ASMC. 
Thank you for listening to The Business of Defense, sponsored by ASMC on Federal News Network. 